Welcome to the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, E. Vanderbilt, with his trusted canine sidekick, Woody, where we bring you the news raw, unfiltered, and with no chaser. And welcome to another episode of the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, E. Vanderbilt, with his trusted canine co-host, Woody. Woody, his point here is to keep us on track, and on track we will be, if you had listened already to the first segment of today's podcast, we are talking about the Hunter Biden email scandal, the Hunter Biden laptop scandal, whatever you want to call this. And there's more, you know, in the inevitable marketing pitch, but wait, there's more. Uh, this from the Mail Online. More trouble for Joe Biden as Ukrainian lawmaker claims second laptop belonging to Hunter's business contacts in the country has been seized by law enforcement. So it continues on. I'll read a little bit of this article. This is you know, it came out on Sunday. A Ukrainian lawmaker has claimed a second laptop belonging to Hunter Biden's business contacts in the country have been seized by the law enforcement there. Uh, Andre Durkach posted to Facebook on Friday to say that there is a second laptop involving evidence of corruption and connection to the Bidens, the Daily Beast reports. Rudy Giuliani, the president's personal lawyer, has said foreign sources did not provide the Hunter Biden emails first reported last week. He says a laptop containing the correspondence and intimate photos was simply abandoned in a Delaware repair shop. So these two have nothing in common is basically what he's saying there. Now, the president, Donald J. Trump, has a very good relationship with the new president of the Ukraine. So who knows if this is true, but just more bad news for the Biden camp. And, you know, the media, again, they're trying to cover this up like this from Vox News. If you're not familiar with Vox News, very far left outlet very far left so this is not surprising i'll just bring it up just to show you this is what they're going to try to do this is their headline trump team makes a suspicious effort to swing the election with purported hunter biden emails rudy giuliani is again trying to drum up a scandal about the bidens and the ukraine there you go smear giuliani let's call this suspicious effort they're just trying to win the election this is not true this is just all made up from the trump team because they want to win the election yeah, they wish that were the case. And then, of course, you know, the big tech media helps them right along. This is from Fox Business. Twitter refuses to unlock New York Post account unless Hunter Biden posts deleted. So Twitter is refusing to unlock the New York Post's Twitter account unless they delete the article, their story from their newspaper. Twitter wants them to delete it off of their Twitter account. Otherwise, they'll keep their Twitter account locked. Is that just not the most amazing thing? I mean, they simply cannot win on their merits. The left cannot win on their honesty, on their integrity. They have to lie, cheat, and steal. How far are they going to go in this election to put Biden over the finish line? You know, because we're, you know, as as much as the media and the left, and again, I repeat myself, hate this president, they'll do anything, including give up any, any bit of credibility they have to make this election win for Biden. Here's a, a story from Red State. The headline is, New York Post exposes deep-seated hatred or Trump hatred among 
Twitter executives. From the article, this might seem like another water is wet type of story, and yes, it does, but it still further illustrates what many already know about the social media giants like Twitter after having its bombshell story about Hunter Biden suppressed on the site. The New York Times, the New York Post has published an article exposing virulent anti-Trump views. According to the Post analysis of Twitter's senior executive accounts, the venom vitriol and in some cases vows to help Joe Biden cross the finish line in next month's presidential election continue to live online as the company earlier this week decided to censor the New York Post revelation about Hunter Biden's emails to a consultant for the Ukrainian energy company Burisma. That's just the tip of the iceberg. There's going to be more that comes out. Uh, one manager posted a tweet stating that he wanted to see Biden crush Trump in the election and that he hoped the president would be utterly humiliated while also suffering greatly from COVID-19. He also made a post in which he hoped the president would be put on a ventilator. You know why he said that? Because the majority of people went on ventilators died. But most telling was a tweet in which the manager lauded the company's efforts against Trump on its platform and the campaign to stop the spread of misinformation. He wrote, I'm really proud of how quickly we've worked to make this possible for the U.S. elections. And it goes on to talk about some of the other left-weaning nut jobs at work at Twitter. You know, and, and what do you have as, as a recourse, you being the average American citizen, myself included, what do we have? I mean, not much. You got Twitter with about 330 million on their platform. Facebook is uh, well over a billion and a half. I think maybe 1.8 billion. It's either 1.3 or 1.8 billion. I'm not sure the number really doesn't matter. It's over, well over a billion on their platform. Um, you've got uh, YouTube, which dominates their platform. All of them lean left. Every one of them. Now, you know, you could get into reasons why. You can you, you can sit there all day long and try to figure out. Well, how, why do they lean to the left? You know, these people who go to these, uh, you know, they're they're techies. They go to college to get their skill set in the tech world, and they're surrounded by leftism. Remember, I, notice I never say liberals. It's not liberals. It's about leftists. These are leftists. These are not liberals. The classic liberal no longer exists. There's very few of them out there. And the classic liberal would be more conservative than today's leftists are. So they go to these universities and they get indoctrinated to all of this stuff. And for the life of me, I can't figure out how they just can't see things reasonably. Now, that's me saying that. Maybe I'm the one not seeing things reasonably. That's what they would say. I'm a conservative. I'm a libertarian. I'm a registered libertarian. I want less government. I don't want more government. I don't believe the government really has the credibility to help people because they don't. Anytime the government gets involved, things get destroyed. I've often said this. You want to destroy the drug trade in this country, legalize drugs, let the government take over because the government will screw it up every time. But these leftists that go work for these tech companies, they're messing with our information and you have no recourse. Now, there's a lot of talk. This, is, this may be the catalyst, by the way, that changes all of that. I don't know, but this very may well be the catalyst to finally get our, our legislators to act. And basically what's going to have to happen is these companies will have to be listed as um, um, journalism companies. And if that happens, then they'll have to abide by certain guidelines. Because it's, it's Twitter and Facebook now that are influencing the elections. They're suppressing information. So you and I will be less informed. This Hunter Biden, Joe Biden thing is huge. Here, here's the, the gist of it all is if true, 
Joe Biden was cashing in using his son. And I know that, you know, drug addiction is, is a horrible thing. And many people have gone through it. Many people have had family members have gone through it. And it is an addiction. And I know there's a, a certain heartfelt bleed to a parent who has a child who goes through addictions. And I, I also can't believe that if you have a child that's gone through these addictions, you would bring them along on all these trips, your government trips. He's a grown man, Hunter Biden. He's not a child. He's an adult. He's in his 40s. And Joe Biden was bringing him to China, was bringing him to the Ukraine. And, and I get that Joe Biden said in one of, I don't know if it was one of the debates or somewhere, town hall, whatever, where it was brought up his son's addiction that, it, you know, many families have dealt with it and they have. But did they take him on these very important trips on Air Force Two? If you know your, if you know your child is an addict to the extent that Hunter Biden is an addict, why do you involve him in these business dealings or these governmental affairs? That's where the problem lies. So if this story is true, what's breaking out, Joe Biden knew what his son was doing and quite possibly was cashing in. And that's just one part of it. Okay, that's the unethical part of it. But then there's the compromised part of it. We're dealing with the Chinese government. They, they want to see America weakened. Do, do they have things that potentially could compromise Joe Biden as president of the United States? This is bigger than him just having these cognitive decline issues. This has gone on to a whole different level. I mean, the cognitive decline issues is enough for him to not be elected president of the United States. But now this, this is big. This is big. All right, well, let's, um, let's move on. Uh, let's just kind of cursory go through some more of the news that's uh, out over this past week and came out of the weekend and uh, see what uh, the rest of this week's going to hold. We're not going to see any campaigning from Biden, but there's going to be drip, 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 because what's going to happen in this story, the, the Trump camp through Giuliani and Steve Bannon at Breitbart, they've got a lot of information. And one other thing to note before I get into some of these other stories is they're not just releasing this to the New York Post. This is being released strategically to many different outlets so it's not just coming out of one outlet so they're very smart they're not they're not dumping it all at once and they're not dumping it to only one one source they're dumping it little by little through different outlets you know uh, uh tucker carlston got some emails um you saw obviously the new york post got some stuff so we're seeing a drip campaign that's pretty strategic and you know again in my show yesterday I played that clip of Steve Bannon uh, doing that interview with the Australian Sky News, and he said he was trained by Andrew Breitbart himself to do it like this. And this is exactly what they're doing. They're following that model. And what's funny is you can tell the left that to their face, and they still won't get it. But they're afraid because now they don't know. The, the, the beauty in this strategy is Biden camp doesn't know what's going to come out. You, you know they're grilling Hunter. You know they're just grilling Hunter. Who knows what they're putting that poor man through to get out of him what's in that laptop. And the Biden camp, they are scared out of their mind, so much so that their candidate is not going to campaign for the next three days. And the media rare, is barely talking about this. It's a big story. Anyway, um, some more, more political stories here. From the Daily Wire, Pelosi gives Trump administration 48-hour deadline to compromise on coronavirus relief. 
man, this woman's got some gall. I mean, she has dragged her feet on this. And, you know, the Senate, they're when going through the Amy Coney uh, Barrett nomination process, by the way, which sailed through. They didn't land a glove on her. Now it's going to go through a, a, a weak process where I'll get into that in just a little bit. Stick on this one. So they were up the, the, the senators from the Amy Coney Barrett were saying that we should be focusing on them. The, you know, the the uh, compromise, the coronavirus relief compromise, like they can't do more than one thing at one time because they're so inept. But it's not the Senate. That's the problem. It's the House of Representatives, it's Nancy Pelosi. So she gives this ridiculous you know, call to Trump. Pelosi gives Trump administration 48-hour deadline to compromise on corona relief practices. Uh, so basically, she doesn't care about it. it not, it's not going to happen because they're not going to agree to the compromise. Whatever it will be, it doesn't even matter. All that matters is the headline because Nancy Pelosi is the one that's blocking this. It's not the Senate. It's the, it's the House of Representatives led by Nancy Pelosi blocking it. So her 48-hour deadline rings hollow given in her own refusal to seriously address a second round of relief. Uh, this is from the article. Earlier this month, Pelosi held a vote on the $2.2 trillion coronavirus relief package that received zero Republican votes and even lost 18 Democrat votes. The Daily Wire previously reported Democrats even messaged uh, Pelosi and asked her to accept the Trump administration $1.6 trillion offer. She's got people in her own party begging her to do that, to, to let this relief package go. It's hurting them, but Pelosi doesn't care. She doesn't care. Um, in other news, this, how about this headline? Biden campaign manager, Biden's campaign manager, we do not have a double-digit lead on Trump. Uh, this is from Nick Adams, USA. Writer is uh, written by the staff editor. That's Nick. Uh, Biden campaign manager Jen O'Malley spoke at a grassroots summit on Friday and warned supporters about trusting poll numbers, saying they are inflated and not completely accurate. Please take the fact that we are not ahead by double digits. Those are inflated national public polling numbers, said O'Malley. <laughs> oh, that's just rich. So, uh, yeah, he's right about that, too. Now, but it's funny that they're actually admitting it now. Because it absolutely is true. They, they don't have the double-digit lead that they think they have. It never comes to fruition like that. Never, never. So, you know, what's different between this election and uh, the last election? Well, you got two different candidates. But, you know, and there's some polling. Uh, and I'm not going to get into polling because it's from, uh, I forget what it is, NBC or MSNBC, that suggests that, you know, Trump's doing better in this category, Biden's doing better in that category. So they're going through the weeds and trying to tell you that this election is different from Hillary Clinton because uh, Trump's doing worse in this category and Biden's doing better in that category. But here's where it's not different. It's not different in that Biden's not campaigning like Hillary Clinton didn't campaign. Now, Hillary Clinton actually campaigned more than Biden. But here's what I mean by that. Biden just put a lid on his campaign. Biden's been putting a lid on his campaign for, for, I mean, maybe half the month of September, he had a lid on his campaign. No events. And Hillary Clinton lost Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania because she did not campaign in those states. Now, Biden's been to Pennsylvania, but once. So Biden's doing the same thing. There's your 
um, parallel between 2016 and 2020. Biden's not campaigning. He's running this virtual campaign and blaming the COVID, but he's not campaigning. Hillary Clinton lost those three pivotal states because she did not campaign in those states. She thought she had them. I, the Biden camp, it is a little different in that they're just not campaigning at all. It's unprecedented. Trump's all over the place and he's getting a lot of flack for doing these uh, rallies because of coronavirus. But Biden's just not campaigning. Hillary Clinton lost those three states because she did not campaign. There's your parallel right there. Now, and this from um, Fox News, Pete Buttigieg still supports expanding Supreme Court, defends Biden, Biden claim that Barrett Nam is unconstitutional. What? Is this guy mental? I thought he was supposed to be like some Rhodes Scholar or some sort. Aren't they supposed to be smart people? Uh, former South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Uh, who, who someone once said, butter judge, who now serves on Joe Biden's transition team. He's on Joe Biden's transition team. That's why this is important. Said he continues to support the concept of increasing the size of the Supreme Court and defended the Democratic presidential nominee's claim that the nomination of Judge Amy Coney Barrett is unconstitutional. Well, first off, uh, Biden is wishy-washy on it, but you can see somebody who serves on Joe Biden's transition team is full on in support of packing the court. Biden refuses to answer. Harris refuses to answer. But Buttigieg, full on, full on support of packing the court. In 2019, Buttigieg supported the idea of a 15-member Supreme Court. Now, in a Fox News Sunday interview, he claimed that Republicans who speak out against changing the size of the high court are merely trying to distract from other issues. No, Pete, no. We are against packing the court. It's a legitimate issue. You just said you're for it. Biden said he'll wait until the election or he'll see what they do, meaning what they do with Amy Coney Barrett, meaning if she gets placed on the bench, he'll support packing the court. If she doesn't and he's elected, he wins, then, hey, we're good. Then he picks the next Supreme Court nominee. She's going to get placed. That's just going to happen. She sailed through the nomination process. And uh, they want to pack the court. It's a big issue. Americans don't want this. That's why Joe Biden refuses, refuses to admit it. So, and then the nomination, he defended the Democrat presidential nominee's claim that the nomination of Judge Amy Coney Barrett is un unconstitutional. Where, where, where could they ever find that in the Constitution? They can't. It's, it's absolutely ludicrous. Early in the interview, Buttigieg backed up Biden's claim that Barrett's nomination was unconstitutional. Biden has made that claim on more than one occasion, despite failing to point to any particular part of the Constitution that would forbid the president from nominating Barrett or anyone else before an election. This is Buttigieg. Well, I think, wait a minute, that's not his accent, is it? How do I do a Buttigieg? I'm not gonna. Well, I think that he's saying it is not in the spirit. It is not in the spirit. It is not in the spirit. I said that three times, not in the article of the Constitution, nor the spirit of our legal system or political system for them to do this, Buttigieg explained. In the spirit? Maybe he's on crack like Hunter Biden is. Are they crack buddies? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. In other news, 
uh, this is from Just the News, John Solomon's wonderful site. Uh, his main news, uh, main headline is, amid historic absentee voting, rejected mail-in ballots could have significant effect on the outcome. The Democrats are worried about this, by the way. Up to 3% of first-time mail-in voters see their ballot rejected, potentially upending projected vote totals. Rejected mail-in ballots could play a decisive role in the 2020 elections with a small but critical number of dismissed ballots potentially flipping poll numbers in their head and handing President Trump a number surprise victory November 3rd. And why is that? Well, that's because more Democrats will be voting by mail than Republicans. Republicans have said, I'm, this is not from the article, this is just me talking. Uh, Republicans have said they're going to go to the polls. So the Democrats are the ones that are all about the mail-in voting. So if they go do the mail-in voting and 3% get lost just because that's what's going to happen, according to statistics, then their votes are the ones that don't get counted. Unintended consequences from the left, ladies and gentlemen. There are a ton of them, a ton of them. And that's one thing the left just does not get is unintended consequences. They don't get it. It's just the most amazing thing. So a couple of... uh. You know, we still have protests going on around the country, by the way, and and the left and Antifa are still violent. This from Trending Politics. Uh, female, support, female Trump supporter stomped, beat, and choked at Women's March in Washington, D.C. On Saturday, several thousands of women gathered in Washington, D.C. to march for women's rights. One woman who attended the event was Trump supporter and outreach director for the pro-Trump organization, Republicans for National Renewal, Isabella DeLuca, who showed up at the event to support confirming Amy Coney Barrett. A radical left-wing extremist clearly didn't like this, which is why they resorted to beating her up, stomping her, and choking her. This is the left. So she goes there in support of her issues, and they beat the crap out of her. There's a picture of her with a swollen face, swollen lips, black eyes. Unconscionable. It says, DeLuca described being assaulted by a geriatric older female in an exclusive statement provided to the national file. The first woman was a white older woman. She had glasses on, a glittery, bedazzled Black Lives Matter shirt, DeLuca said, national, told national file. She looked like she could have been my grandma, honestly. The Black Lives Matter supporter grabbed DeLuca's Trump flag, and then when DeLuca attempted to grab it back, the woman punched and choked her. Due to the advanced age of the woman and her presumably fragile condition, DeLuca felt reluctant to defend herself, but was determined to get her property, the Trump flag, back. It was at that moment that a much younger female leftist arrived on the scene and began joining her older compatriot in hitting, pushing, and punching DeLuca. Unconscionable. So the left, the left are the ones that want to shut down the right. They want to shut your voice down. It's the left that really have a problem with all of this. The left are the ones that are against free speech. Remember when it was the, the left were all, I mean, gosh, maybe before my lifetime, the left allegedly were all about freedom of speech, freedom of expression, free love, yada, yada, yada. But no, now if it's not their speech, you must be vilified. You must be beaten down. You must be silenced because you are a Nazi. 
and Nazis must be punched. Because you know that's what Antifa does, right? Antifa says Nazis deserve to be punched. Uh, there's a story, um, Andy No, uh, who's a, you know, he, he's an activist. He's out there reporting on all of this. He, I'm looking for his right now. He reported on um, a rally in San Francisco where this guy uh, went up against the left. Basically, they, the rally was to oppose what the big tech giants are doing meaning that the big tech giants are trying to shut down, uh, you know, our free speech. So uh, <clears throat> I'm trying to find it right now as I say this, so I apologize for the little bit of a ramble. But anyway, long story short, they do this rally, and this guy gets his teeth knocked out. He's a black guy, and the person that knocked his teeth out, quite honestly, from the video, I couldn't tell if the guy was black or if the guy was white, but he kept, kept yelling at him with the N-word. They literally just unprovoked punched this guy, knocked his teeth out. The oh-so-tolerant left, right? So all these protesters are still going on. You're just not hearing about it in the meeting anymore because the media knows this is hurting Trump. They know this. Unbelievable. It really is just unbelievable. Uh, his name is Philip Anderson. And he, in this rally, and he's with Team Save America. And in this rally, the, there's a guy there, I guess, getting berated by some Antifa goons. And Philip Anderson puts his arm around the guy. He goes, he's with me. He's coming with me. Another guy is berating Philip Anderson for taking this guy. And then somebody just sucker punches him. Just comes out of nowhere, blindly sucker punches him, starts yelling at him, knocked his tooth out. And is just yelling at him. I'll have this on my... Um, show notes on the website too so you can go see this i can't play it the, the language is too vulgar and too vile this is the left this is the left another thing about the left too you show you how just unreasonable and uh unwilling they are to work with anybody ice cube is in the news for working with president trump on his black america pledge i think it's called the platinum plan is trump and ice cube work together on the plan and some of the things in the plan are ice cubes ideas and now they're attacking ice cube because he worked with the president the left is completely unhinged and the media is allowing this to happen with their disinformation and not reporting what is really happening and it's out of control it's got to and i think i think this whole thing that happened with facebook and especially with twitter well, I say I want to think it's the catalyst. I hope. I hope it's the catalyst. I think it is. I think this is the catalyst right now for change. Either people are going to get off these platforms or government involvement is going to have to happen. And I'm not for that, but I believe in this case we need it. You know, and a little brief history, too, or a little reason why I'm not for unions. You know, I think unions are a detriment. I think they become corrupt. And they're not looking out for the union workers. They're looking out for themselves. And they only support Democrats. That, and there, right, that right there should be suspect to anybody supporting a union. But at one point in this country, unions had a point, and they did matter. At one point in this country, early 1900s, companies did exploit workers. And that's how the unions came up, to protect those workers. But they are completely obsolete now. 
And I think what has to happen going back to the tech giants is government needs to do something to make this change. So we do, it, they do stop suppressing our free speech. They do stop hurting businesses because what the big tech giants are doing right now is they're, if you are a conservative and you're doing a business on Facebook, they're, they're delisting you in the algorithm. They're lowering you in the algorithm and you're, they can shut your business off with a flip of a switch and you can do nothing. So my, my analogy with the unions is at one point there was a need for them to protect workers and because I'm very much against government involvement in a lot of things. But I think at this point with big tech, government needs to do something because here's why. You can just say, I'm going to go to from Twitter to Parler. And that's not a bad thing. Parler's growing like crazy. But Twitter has 330 million people on it. It's a huge platform. Facebook, over a billion people. There's no other platform like Facebook that has that kind of reach. And if you're in business, that's huge. That helps the economic engine of this country. And they're messing with you if you are conservative. They're lowering you in the algorithm, and it's hurting your business. Case in point, TikTok. I got on TikTok kind of as a fluke when I noticed all these conservative kids on there not backing down. So I get on there and I blow up. I had several videos go viral. It wasn't uncommon. I'd post five, six, seven videos a day and a couple of them would go viral. It was just common occurrence. And then I got shadow banned. And, and, and I'm not, and that's well past 30 days now. So they're not taking me off shadow banned. You either, you know, you, people are getting shadow banned all the time for community violations. You either get a uh, two week or a 30 day violation. I'm, I'm past 30 days. So I've been delisted because I'm, I'm promoting and producing conservative views on TikTok. And I was having a lot of fun doing it. But now, and I'm part of the creator fund, now it's, it's dead because I have been delisted. I've been shadow banned. So I'm feeling the effects firsthand. And I do believe at this point in time, the government does need to step in and stop this because you, me, we are not getting information that we should be getting from our media and now the social giants, the, the social justice warrior giants, tech companies are suppressing our views. So this could be the catalyst. This could be the catalyst. And it all ties into the corruption of Joe Biden. Because without the corruption of Joe Biden, this would have never been exposed. The complete hypocrisy of these tech giants. I hope this takes them down as well as the Bidens down. Thanks for listening to this episode of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. I am your host, Eve Vandervliet, with my trusted co-host, Woody. Our ask of you is this. Help us fight these tech giants. Help us build up and work up in the algorithm by liking, following, sharing, subscribing, and rating this podcast. And if you get on my YouTube channel, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. It'll help move us up in the algorithm to offset these tech giants. Now, one of the things that I have done to combat this is I don't do the conservative hashtags anymore. I don't do the mega, the MAGA hashtag, even Trump 2020 hashtag, because that's how they're trying to, that's how they find you with the bots. So help me move up in the algorithm by liking, subscribing, following, sharing, and rating this, and it'll move us up in the algorithm so these voices can continue to be heard and we can fight back together on these big tech giants because they are out of control with the power. Again, thanks for listening to this episode of the PBL Podcast.